This is a Lawful Stupid RPG production. Hail and well met, and welcome to Echoes of Kryn, Dragons of the Hidden Flood, a 5th edition D&D actual play podcast set in the world of Dragonlance and presented by Lawful Stupid RPG. Thank you for joining us. If you're a fan of what we do and would like to buy us a cup of coffee to show your appreciation, we would love to take you up on it. Visit www.ko-fi.com slash lawfulstupidrpg to show your support. Lawful Stupid is grateful to have the support of Kraken Dice. Visit their online store and check out their latest premium dice sets at www.krakendice.com. Using the code LAWFULSTUPIDRPG, all one word, at checkout will give you 15% off your entire purchase. And now, it is time for our players to present themselves. Hello, I am Jade, and I am the founder of Lawful Stupid RPG, and I am playing Farin, the dwarven cleric of Shidarai. Hi, I'm Cirque Panda. I'm a Twitch streamer, and I play Tiwi Tumblewood, the Kender Bard. Hi, friends. My name is Samus. I am an opera singer, and I play Onweir, the human rogue and fallen solemnic knight. Hi, I'm Chael. I'm not an opera singer. I'm a D&D super nerd, and I play Blip, the gully dwarf barbarian, Habop. Hello, I'm Chops. I am a paranormal investigator. And today I'm playing Lassa, the half-elven wizard. Hiya, I'm Lindsay Rousseau, and I am a voiceover actor, host, and D&D Twitch streamer. And I am playing Monto Bubalina, the human fighter who resides in Urgoth. And I'm Medium. I'm here to guide and to follow. Now, I invite you to step with us into fantasy. And for our time together, let imagination rule. Last time, as the adventurers crept through the subterranean ruins of the Tuscanville Conservatory, they found themselves tempted to linger, both by their own curiosity as well as supernatural forces. Nevertheless, they pressed on, following tracks that eventually led into a large chamber, one which contained a sprawling masterpiece depicting the cataclysm painted onto the floor by a long-dead artist whose ghostly cries could still be heard. I recall at the end of last session, I went... Hello? You did indeed. The small, kinder voice echoes into this large room. Looking, you can just barely make out the other side of the room, about 130 feet away. What? What that? I'm not sure. I didn't quite catch the direction of it. Uh, Onweir, did you happen to hear where it came from? I... I thought it was just around. Did I DM? It definitely seemed to come from the room in front of you. Why walls talk? I'll scratch my head and point at the walls. This was the sound I heard earlier. I think it's the ghosts. Yes, I, I, I suppose that could be the case. Um, I don't like ghosts. Said the gully dwarf in. This this body. I wonder if this was the artist. 
As I say this, I begin to move across the floor towards the crumpled form. As you take a step into the room, Lhasa, you send a wave of dust up with each step, and it billows up and rolls across the room. And just at the very edge of your torchlight, you see the dust move around and reveal the form of an invisible figure. Ah, whoever you are, please, please identify yourself. We're not alone. There's somebody. I, I, I don't see no one. Saw him in the dust. Was I able to see anything, DM? Yes, with your passive perception, you saw what Lhasa saw. As the dust came up, there was a figure. It seemed to be wearing some sort of billowing cloak, or perhaps the form itself was cloak-like, had a flowing nature to it. You saw no physical features other than the fact that it was vaguely humanoid shape. Just for a split second, a single green glowing eye looking out from where the head would be. This is giving me the heebie-jeebies. I follow out and accompany next to Lhasa. As you all step out onto the painting, there's a... Merciless. Merciless? Mer... Sorry, can you, can you repeat that? I put my hand to my ear and really listen out, kind of scrunching my face. Big perception check. Don't encourage it, Tealy. That's a nine on the dice, so that is uh, 13. 13. Other than that whispered word, which was a little more clear than it had been in the past, you don't hear anything. But out of the corner of your eye, you see some of this wreckage and debris on the corner of this room shift, and a small piece of it tumbles down with a hiss of dust as it lands. I take a leap back, clutching tightly to my necklace. Oh, oh, uh, <clears throat> yes, uh, I think uh, Farron might be right, Tilly. Perhaps we shouldn't uh, encourage them. They seem uh, unsettled as it is. Um, you, you, you perform, yes? I, I, I do, yes. I do indeed. Do you happen to know anything calming? Uh, perhaps uh, you could settle these these uh, disquieted spirits. Hmm. I, I do know a morning song. Yes, I, I, I think that would be perfect for them. S- something to show that we respect and acknowledge them. All right. Um, I uh, would do it better if I had my lyre. I dart my eyes towards Javin angrily. He looks at you confused for a moment, then his eyes widen, and then he looks between you and the rest of the group, and then he stands a little straighter and raises his chin trying to recover a little bit of his haughty nature, but then it falls as the fear of where you currently are takes over again. I copy his haughty nature, raising my head, pouting my lips as well, and I begin singing the Kendam Morning Song. Always before the spring returned, 
the bright world in its cycle spun. In the air and flowers, grass and fern, assured and cradled by the sun. Always before, you could explain the turning darkness of the earth, and how the dark embraced the rain and gave the ferns and flowers birth. Already I forget those things, and how a vein of gold survives, the mining of a thousand springs, the season of a thousand lives. Now winter is my memory, now autumn, now summer light, now every spring from now on will be another season into the night. Always before the spring returned, the bright world in its circle spun. In air and flowers, grass and fern, assured and cradled by the sun. Make a persuasion check for me, Tilly. Oh, that's a nat 20. Oh, nat 20. As Tilly's song echoes in the room, things go a little still. And... You hear no more whispers. You have a gift, little one. I brush my hair behind my ears. Thank you. I, um, I know. I'm afraid the only way through is forward. Now is the time. Let us walk. I agree, we should not waste it. Tulian and Jarvan step across the painting and begin to make their way slowly through the center of the room. To the rest of you do. I will step forward and lead so that Jarvan is in the center of the pack. DM, since I am native to this land, obviously I know this is pre-cataclysm, but do I recognize anything in this painting? Does it look at all familiar or perhaps of lore of old or anything? Hmm. Make a perception check. You certainly recognize parts of it, but how will you do on this will determine just what you recognize. Ooh! Uh, 21! Looking at this city and how the wave is coming in, and especially the building that has the spire at the top of it, you recognize that as the Teatro Spire. And if that is the Teatro Spire, then that means that where the wave is coming in is the actual bay of Gwynedd, meaning that this is a image of Tuscanville or the city of Gwynedd during the cataclysm when a tsunami came splitting the city in half and creating the two bluffs upon which it now rests. Mm. As you get halfway across, there is a shimmer in the air and the dust in front of you. Once again, you see a figure moving through the dust that you can see in your torchlight. As it does, it briefly looks your way, emitting a green glow from a single visible eye. It moves in a brief spiral going down to the floor, revealing the footprints of the pig. These are the footprints that dinner presumably made on his way through this area earlier. The dust whirls around the footprints a bit, and then the figure dissipates. 
Seeing the green glow of this singular and piercing green eye, I rack my mind, searching through the years of study, see if I can get a grasp of what precisely this is. Spirit, yes, but what? I know this painting. This is documenting the event that split Gwynedd in half. Whoever painted this must have survived the cataclysm, either in human form or as something else. But I do not believe they would wish us harm. In the meantime, I would like to investigate the rubble and also try and identify what broke this stuff. All right, make an investigation check for me. That's hard to tell. There's a pig foot marks everywhere. I'm going to glare at Farron. <laughs> that is a 17. A 17? The furniture and things you see here, they there doesn't appear to have been anything in particular that broke them. Some of them appear to have been broken during some cataclysmic, for want of a better word, event. Uh, but a lot of it is just rotted and decaying because of extreme old age. You do find numerous jars and vials and bottles, all of which are different colors. Looking at them, you can see that they were, perhaps after removing some of the dust, that they contained paint, uh, but it has all been long dried up or all used, and every jar that you find is empty. If any of the jars or bottles are particularly shiny and beautiful, I will attempt to slip some in my pouches. Well, they're very old and they've been covered with dust, so it's difficult to know without spending a great deal of time cleaning them. Best you could tell, they're pretty utilitarian. They are jars and pots and vials of paint. You can see there are some that are the primary colors, some that have used, been used for mix, some that are darker or lighter, all dried or empty. I'll just grab a handful of the small ones. All right. Shove them in my pouch and run to catch up to the group before they notice I'm not there. Are we able to make it to the other side of the room with the skeleton? As you take a step closer to the skeleton, am I understanding that, Anweer? That is the that is the goal. Yes, I want to make it to that corner. All right. I will follow the group, clutching my holy symbol, shaking. You do make your way all the way to the skeleton. It is long dead. Clothes it was wearing, now nothing but decayed rags. In one hand, it is holding a artist's palette covered with dried paints, been there for many, many years. There's also a journal on the ground right next to the skeleton. Uh, you, you don't suppose... Uh... He would mind if I checked his journal, do you? Of course not, he's dead. Well, it's a callous way to put it, isn't it? I mean, he may still linger. Yes, very true. I cringe, look up to where the ghost was. I'm really sorry. Uh, yes, of course. Um, Whoever you are, I pay respects to you and your work, and understand I only read this out of obligation to know the glory of your hand. Um, 
I say this as I set a pair of trembling hands to picking up this book. <laughs> Read it, Lhasa. Let's see. Oh, these, these are the final thoughts, I believe. My tears are spent, though my grief be endless. I see the image constantly, over and over. They are ripped from my arms as the city is destroyed. I still feel the sea crashing around me like a foaming beast and filling my lungs. The conservatories in ruins, buried beneath a mountain of rock. Here are the names of those of us who survive for now. And then there is a list of 12 names. After the list of names, it goes on. The fools, they think they can escape the gods' punishment for us, but it's doomed to fail. They should spend their remaining time as I do. What do we have left except our art? I am so close to finishing, but there's precious little paint remaining. If the gods still have any mercy, I will have enough. After that, it gets dark, as if he's written over and over again. And the final thing I can make out. They are merciless. 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 As the word is spoken, you now see the figure again appear, but this time over the skeleton, right in front of you all. And you can see now that it is the figure of a woman hair coming down, blocking one of her eyes, the other one glowing with a deep green light, clothing lost in a diaphanous mist that swirls around in the dust. She hovers there, looking at you all, floating on an unfelt breeze. Rest easy, spirit. You have created a masterpiece. Whether the final touch was put out in it or not is inconsequential. You have shared your grief. That is the role of an artist. And you have done it exquisitely. If you're looking for paint, I found some. I pull out the dried bottles. As you hold out the bottle, the spirit darts forward, reaching out a hand which passes through the bottle with no effect. And as it touches your skin, Teely, you feel an intense cold creeping up your arm. Ooh. I am going to step up to her. Sister, are you wanting us to complete the painting that you were unable to finish? An expression of intense grief flows across the spirit's face and then it gestures towards the artist's palette that is next to the skeleton. Mercy. I believe that is a yes. I'm not the best painter. Tulian grabs Jarvid and says, we do not have time for this. We must get the prince back to the surface. He steps forward, making his way towards the exit as he does, the spirit merciless. I believe, my prince, that there's not an option until we complete this painting. And then, should we, perhaps the spirit 
can help us find the way out as opposed to just blindly wandering the passageways. Make a persuasion check, Manto. Okay. I would like to try to assist Manto with this somewhat. All right. Uh, what would you say to his sister, Lassa? As Manto says this to them, I fall to my knees, tears in my eyes. Please, my Lord Jarvan, have mercy on the beauty that we have found here. The people, they deserve to see this beauty. Would you not help preserve it and immortalize this? Please. All right, you may roll with advantage, Manto. Great, and I appreciate that. That is a 14. 14. Jarvan looks torn. He looks down at the painting. He looks up at the spirit, and then he looks at Tullian. Tullian's jaw is set. He says, I have a responsibility. If we must fight this thing, then we must. You will all assist me. Yes? How do you suppose we kill it? Tullian, you are a soldier. But not everything is a combat. We will protect the prince, but someone cries out for help. Make a persuasion check at disadvantage, please, Anweer. I'm not good at those. I will not fight a sister of Gwynedd. Ooh, a 15 on the die and uh, a 6 on the die, so a total of 5. He shakes his head and begins to drag Jarvan past the skeleton with his sword out. As he does, the furniture and debris that's at the far side of the room begins to stir, kicking up a huge cloud of dust as the spirit reaches out and begins to bring elements of the room, canvas, pieces of easel, broken jars, all manner of detritus just coming forward in a large cloud. We are going to roll initiative. Let's get it on. Damn it, Tulian. Dang it, I <laughs> want to paint stick men on this bastard piece. I'm not actually convinced that they that they wanted us to finish the painting. I don't know. When I asked the question, she said mercy, whereas previously she'd been saying merciless. Obviously subject for interpretation, but that was my interpretation. I just love the idea of Tealy with like the dried bottles pouring some water from her water skin shaking it up and finger painting come on guys just join in <laughs> I mean Blip's technically already painted part of it with his little feet dinner oh yeah dinner my bad animated objects for want of a better term begin to roil and flail their way towards you at the top of the order we have Anweer with a 20 go for it I will turn to the spirit and I will beg, please, there is no need for bloodshed. We will help you. That is my turn. All right. Well, in that case, I will allow you to make another persuasion check. A 14? 14. The spirit has their arms up and looks at you quizzically, holding out one hand. Looks as if it's about to do something. You're not quite sure what, but it is not attacked. Next up, we have Tilly. I, too, will begin talking with the spirit. We can try and finish the painting if you like, but 
Um, I think these two are in quite a hurry. What if you just let them go and we finish it for you? Make a persuasion check. Oh, that's a 17, and I think it's plus 5. Uh, yes, so that is 23. As you finish what you say... 22. The spirit's eye flashes green again, and you hear in your head, Tilly, mercy. Brings us to Manto. Seeing what Tilly has just done, I will follow suit. My sister, please, tell us what must be done to finish this painting. And I promise you, as a child of Gwanid, that I will see that this is done. Make a persuasion check, Manto. Yes, that is a 15. All right. The spirit remains unchanged, but the focus shifts to you, Manto, as the head cocks. You see a bit more of this woman's face as the hair flows past, and you can see that one side of her face, the one that has the green eye looking out, looks young, but then the side that is been covered with the hair reflects the years that have gone by, and it is withered and desiccated like a corpse that has been left in the sun for many, many years. But in the socket, there is still another green eye, and she looks at you with both of them, and you hear in your head, Mercy. Tulian, the sword drawn, grabs Jarvan and begins to back towards the door with his eyes, gazing at both the spirit and the approaching debris, moves 15 feet closer to the steps, there's no reaction. Moves another five feet, and then he and Jarvan are at the stairs. Jarvan looks back at the group of you and says, Tulian, are you sure? Tulian looks at you all and says, Better to be safe than deal with whatever this madness is. Let the past stay buried. And they begin to make their way up the steps. Farron. I look to Tulian. You fool. You could injure the boy. I'll look to the boy and grab my symbol, and I will speak the words. Shinare, may your silver light protect the Lord. And a globe of pure white will surround the uh, young prince as I cast Sanctuary. Okay. Sanctuary has been cast on Jarvan. Excellent. You can see light glowing from the staircase as Jarvan looks down at his body in amazement as a silver light begins to swirl around him, creating a mist that blocks away all of the dust in the area. And he stands surrounded by this glowing field of holy magic. And that's it. I stand there wide stanced, shoving my arms in the direction of Farron's magic just like wide eyes mouth open what the <laughs> indeed blip i am going to stare completely dumbfounded at this glowing green object in front of us and i'm going to stare at manto manto what what that what i do that is friend, but, uh... I, I bonk? No. G 
his friend. Glow. They need help. Glow, 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 glowy, glowy need he- help. Yes. I, he- I help. I look quizzically up at the glowing green ghost. It looks down at you and the eyes flash green. Doesn't look like any friend you've ever had, Blip. <laughs> I shiver and take a step back. I, 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 I trust, trust Manto. I, I, I know trust you. I'll reach over and grab dinner and that'll be it for my turn. Lhasa. I begin to move as rapidly as I can to catch up with the prince. As I pass by on Weir and the spirit, I simply say, please forgive me. I stop just before the prince and spread my arms wide to block away anything that might come towards us. It's going to bring us to the ghost. The ghost flies towards you, Lhasa, spinning around its green eyes, looking at you as it moves closer, picking up speed. It looks like it's going to run right into you and it moves through you and then hovers above Jarvan and Tulian, just above you. And is then going to use horrifying visage. That's fun. I'm going to need everyone to make a wisdom saving throw, please. As a kendo, I get advantage against fear, right? Okay. 17 for Farron. I got a 15. 14 for Onrear. 15. I rolled an 18, but it does say I have disadvantage against fear, so I rolled again and got an 8. Lhasa? Five. Five. All right, I'm going to need you to roll 1d4, Lhasa. That sounds good. That sounds that sounds positive. Four? Oh no. <laughs> My goodness. It's gonna be an interesting game. So as this creature, this spirit, moves through you, Lhasa, this sensation, you feel cold creeping all across your chest and up your spine as it leaves your head rising up above you and then hovering in the air above Jarvan and Tulian. It looks down and its green eyes flash again. Its mouth opens wide as the eyes roll back and you get the sensation of a massive tsunami that is about to plunge down the stairs, carrying you and everything you've ever known away with it. You age 40 years. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Hey, you know, it's totally fine. It's totally... Take a moment, Lhasa, and then describe to me what that looks like. Yes, uh, give me one moment. I apologize. (laughs) Let me pull up the image of my character and think about this for a moment. (laughs) All right, so take a moment to think about it. That ends its turn. Blip, you are frightened of this creature, but you did not fail the saving throw badly enough to warrant this roll. You said you rolled an eight? Yes. Ooh. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I need a D4 from you, but... I don't like that. Oh, God. A D4. Oh, please be a one. Please be a one. Please be a one. It's a three. 
It's a three. Well, let me see where you are here. You might have been saved by line of sight. Oh, nope, you weren't. Blip. You are able to see the ghost. You age 30 years as the horrifying visage of the spirit comes into focus and you see water, more water than you've ever seen in your entire life, plunging down the staircase, coming to wash you and all of your dirt away. And you feel cold that starts in your spine and emanates out your arms to your fingers and your feet as you begin to feel arthritis take hold. This could be the death of you. Dinner will also need to make a saving throw. That's not fair. If he ages 30 years, he's going to die. Oh, God. <laughs> Pigs are immune to fear. I'm going to literally cry. Well, let's see here. You know what? I'm going to invoke the DM's privilege here and say that the fun of playing d and not <laughs> does not encompass torturing your friends who wanted to have pets. So we will say that as the spirit began its horrifying image, dinner looked away. You're amazing and blip cries. <laughs> I just want to make sure one thing here. I know that dwarves have a long lifespan, so that 30 years would be a lot, but not like horrible for them. But gully dwarves, do they have a shorter lifespan? I think it's shorter than a dwarf. I was trying to Google it and I couldn't find a max age for a gully dwarf. Whatever the age of gully dwarves are, this was enough. You definitely felt it blip and you instinctually go to embrace dinner, hoping that dinner is not too afraid. Dinner has looked away and has not seen the horrifying visage. Which brings us to the animated objects, which fly across the room and begin to assemble a wall at the foot of the steps, blocking up Jarvan, Tulian, and Lhasa. It is halfway completed by the end of the animated objects turn as they begin to stack one another, finding places to fit and to block your passage out. Bringing us to Anwir. Anwir, you are not frightened of the spirit. I will look at the spirit with sadness, not anger, but I will draw my sword and I will say, you have proven to be as merciless as the gods you detest, and we must protect our friends as a result. I will take a step to the debris and I will try to bash through the wall. Okay, make an attack. A 16. 16 does not hit what? as you bring the sword down upon the debris and it does break some of it, but there is more there to take its place as just pieces flying all around you. Nothing doing damage to you, but the wall is being completed. I guess that's the end of my turn. All right. Tealy. Seeing that peace was never an option, I choose violence, and I am going to use the sling of my hoopak, spin it around, making that high-pitched ghostly noise as I fling it forward at this creature, hoping to hit it in the face. <laughs> That's an eight to hit. We love that. An eight does not hit. We see Lhasa age, correct? You could see him from the back. 
and Blip is also behind me, so I don't know. I take it I probably don't know that they've aged. Difficult to tell in just the middle of combat here. Yes. I'm going to throw a Bardic Inspiration at Anweir, and I'm going to do that by inspiring hope for him in saying, Um, Anweir, my, my great-grandfather came back from the war with an arm. We don't know whose it is. It might be yours. Okay. You see Onweir turn over his shoulder and give you a sort of cockeyed, confused smile. <laughs> I told it wrong as well. And <laughs> he will turn wrong. back and face the wall with a little bit more grit and determination. Right. Mento. Do I see anything that can be used to paint? And is there anything that could be some sort of ink or paint amongst it? All the ink and paint that you see is dry. Do I see a water source? Not in this room. Okay. The debris that is being brought over does have paintbrushes in and amongst it. I am going to grab a paintbrush and the dry jars of paint, and I'm going to, hopefully I have enough movement, run over to the section that needs to be completed and again, because I have been hearing these stories all my life, I know these images in my head. I know what needs to be done. And I am going to spit into the paint wells as much as I can. Okay. And try and swirl it around with the brush to try and get some sort of ink, some sort of color on the brush and do my darndest to try and fill in. Mm-hmm. However you want this to play out with rolls or whatever, DM, please let me know, but that is what my intentions are. We'll say that that is your action, but I will say that as you are doing it, you realize that it is beyond hope. This is paint that was used up, and then beyond that, it is hundreds of years old. There is no way you're going to be able to reconstitute it with spit. Do you guys remember that one woman who, like, that old woman in Spain who tried to restore the picture of Jesus and it ended up being, <gasps> yes! like, the most... Like, that's what I'm imagining us trying to do with this, like, masterpiece painting is that, like, we have this gorgeous thing and then we're, like, doing stick figures of houses in the corner. It happened twice. There were yep. two separate occasions of people doing it. It's beautiful. <laughs> so that just, it just made me laugh. I'm imagining us doing that. That brings us to Tulian Haxos, who did not make their saving throw, but they did not lose it by enough to gain any years on their life. He grabs Jarvan and begins to flee up the stairs as fast as he can. You see him disappearing in the green light being emitted by this spirit. Brings us to Farron. I will gather my courage and charge towards the creature. I'll try to hit it with my great club. That's going to be a miss. I think 13 to hit. You come running forward. You raise your great club behind you and you move right through the body of the creature, which does not seem to be phased at all. Blip. I am so completely distraught at the fact that I have suddenly aged 30 years <laughs> that I have my arms wrapped around dinner and I am sobbing uncontrollably into his filthy spiky hair. All right. Anything else, Blip? <laughs> that is all I am doing. Blip, at the end of this turn, you may make a saving throw. A wisdom saving throw, please. I don't want to, but okay. 
Okay, that... I, I was about to say, but it's a disadvantage, so I have to do it again. Right. I was so excited. <laughs> What'd you roll? <laughs> a three. Okay. You're still frightened. You don't age anymore. Oh, thank God. You're just frightened still. Okay. All right. Now, Lhasa, you must flee, but what do you look like as you do? Well, at first it's not obvious. I double over, hood falling even further over my face, and you can see as the fingernails begin to extend, and the flaming red hair starts to spill out from underneath the raised hood. And as I turn, flee back through this hallway, dark, sucked-in eyes with deep bags surrounding them, the beard has now fully grown in. The space which had normally been clean-shaven is now overflowing and unkempt. In this wild flight of fear, I turn to face the spirit and I begin to rub the ends of my fingertips together vigorously and speak in a voice that doesn't quite match what is normally come from me. Oh, shells and spite. Storms spite, and lightnings bite. And as I extend my hands, I cast Witch Bolt. Mm. Make your ranged spell attack, please. Uh, disadvantage because I am frightened. Indeed. Do we see his new appearance? Uh, yes. I stare head tilted with a somewhat confused expression on my face. Huh? <laughs> 17? 17 is a hit. Oh, all right. Give me one moment. I believe that's D12. And that will be 11 damage. All right. Having finished the words, it begins as a overwhelmingly bright light at the tips of my finger and thick coils of electric plasma extend from my fingertips in a blue arc that connects with the spirit and wrapping it, almost seeming to feed between me and itself. She's sucking his life force! Alright. It is now the ghost's turn. Looks down and sees a lightning coursing across its body. Looks confused for a moment and then disappears from sight. The animated objects continue to build the wall. Closing off your means of escape. But as you look at it, you hear in your head the word, Mercy. And Lhasa and Blip, the cold that is holding you, that is having you hunch over, that has made your skin age on your body, has sunk in your eyes, has curled your fingers in arthritis blip, it begins to recede as the effect seems to be wearing off. Hi, VDM here, Mr. Eager DM. On behalf of the cast and production crew, thank you. Thank you so much for the incredible support you've shown our little podcast. 10,000 downloads and still going strong. There's plenty more story to come, and we're excited for the opportunity to bring it to you. We hope it's obvious how much fun we're having making this, and your positive feedback is icing on the cake.
If you've been enjoying our podcast and you'd like to buy the cast and crew a cup of coffee to show your appreciation, we'd love to take you up on it. Head on over to coffee.com. That's www.ko-fi.com slash lawfulstupidrpg to show your support. Thanks again. And until next time, as Sularis Uthbithas. Farewell. This has been a Lawful Stupid RPG production.